Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Michael, are you ready? I am ready, George. Excellent. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. This is George Grumbacher. Michael O'Brien is the founder of Peloton Coaching and Consulting. He is a best-selling author and a coach and a consultant. I'm excited to have you on. Michael, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sounds like a plan, George. Well, my first two most important vital jobs, one as a husband, married 26 years. Nice. And and I'm also the dad, the father of two amazing daughters, 19 and 22. I'm not sure where all the time went by. It <laughs> flew by, but it was almost like I was holding them in the hospital, and now they're One's graduated and starting her professional life. One's in college. So that's my home life. Those are the two most important jobs. And then I do, as you mentioned, I'm a coach, I'm a speaker, and I'm an author. But probably the big thing about me personally is I had my last bad day back on July 11, 2001 in New Mexico. I got hit head on by a Ford Explorer going about 40 miles an hour when I was out training on my bike before a company offsite. And I broke a whole bunch of everything that day. The doctors really still have no idea how I survived the accident. No kidding. They told my wife that had I been 10 years older or not in shape, I probably would have died before I got to the hospital because I broke things in my upper body. My legs got shattered. The left leg in particular really exploded. And when that happened, it lacerated the femoral artery of my left leg. Mm. So in essence, here I was like at this team offsite fighting for my life. And I will have to say to all the listeners out there, I know it's been a while since we've traveled because of COVID and been to like team building offsites. My bit of advice for today is, you know, there are many ways to get out of a bad offsite. What I did, not a good way. (laughs) I would not, that's my tip for the day, George. Do not avoid your team offsite in the way I did. It's very painful, a lot of suffering, a lot of surgeries, but I call that my last bad day because through my recovery, I realized that all the events in our lives are neutral until we label them and we get to choose the label. And from that moment on, I've decided to live my life with much more resilience and gratitude and overall just awareness. So when those bad moments happen, I can flip the script, if you will, shift, if you will, and move into things that will make a greater difference uh, in not only my life, but the lives of those around me. Amen to that. How often do you think about that moment? A lot. You know, I don't want to say it's constantly on my mind, but there's certainly a lot of memories. Every time, heck, every time I get in the shower and get dressed, I see all the scars. Mm. I have some, I have some wonderful scars, but I, at first, those scars, I was, God, I was so preoccupied. I was, I thought everyone was staring at me. And truth be told, there's there some people that still stare at them. But I, I felt I just wanted to hide. I wanted to cover them up. Yeah. I got to a point, thanks to my youngest daughter, 
when she was like eight years old, she's like, dad, I think your scars are cool. And I was like, Oh wow, you do. I'm like, like, Holy cow. That's so awesome. Cause you know, right now in this moment, dad doesn't think they're cool, but if you think they're cool, like who's going to argue with an eight year old, they're, they're going to be cool. And I got to a point where I was like, okay, yeah, our scars tell our stories, like our blemishes, our wrinkles, our gray hairs, or lack of hair as the case may be. <laughs> They, they tell this wonderful story about our resilience, mm. that even though we have fallen down, we have gotten back up again. Maybe, hopefully, like a, with a shift in perspective so we can head forward a little, with a little bit more wisdom. And I think this moment in time is a moment of resilience. It's Obviously, it's a moment of compassion and health and empathy and gratitude, but it's also a moment, I think, for the world, for our country, a moment of resilience because we've gotten like we've gotten knocked down on our butt you know it's time to get back up hopefully with more wisdom hopefully in a different direction so we can create the type of change we want to see in the world i appreciate everything you just said so um so much to so much to to to, to unpack and and get into how how long did it take you to to st- because I have to imagine there was probably time and probably a lot of time, obviously physical pain as you're going through your recovery process where you weren't, you didn't quite have that perspective of, of all events are neutral. Oh, oh yeah. Like when they put me on the helicopter. So when I first got hit, I was knocked unconscious as you would imagine. But I remember the impact. I still remember the sound of me hitting his grill of the truck into the windshield. I went, I popped for those that go to my website, you'll see the Ford Explorer after I hit it. And I, I, that's a little bit of a badge of honor, but when they put me on the helicopter to take me to Albuquerque, I made a commitment. It was classic bargaining. I was like, Hey, if I live, cause I knew like my life was in question, I'll stop chasing happiness. And then when I came out of the ICU, and the doctors told me about the extent of my injuries and what life was going to be like for me, which was not a pretty picture. I got dark and angry and, and worried and scared and even revengeful. I thought, well, the guy took from me, I will take for him. I learned an eye for an eye when I was growing up. So for a while, I was in a dark funk. I tried to put on this you know, like optimistic exterior, like, oh, this is good. Like, sure. we're going to do it. But deep down inside, especially when the hospital got quiet at night, those were some pretty dark moments. So it took me, I'd say, a good three months before I could really have this aha. But for me, it's a daily thing, you know, the daily intention of how do I wish to be today? Because I still deal with complications. Now I'm back on my bike. It took me about 13 months to get back on my bike. And now I'm racing again and riding and having a lot of fun with my bike. And I realize that every bike ride I have is a, is a blessing. It's a gift, but it took me, you know, it's taken me some time just to set those intentions each and every day to remember what I've been through and sort of point my eyes towards gratitude because I still have some things I have to deal with. There are things I can't do anymore as a result of this. Like I can't run anymore. I used to be a, a runner before this time too. So there's definitely some things I just can't do and it would be so easy to fixate on those. So part of it is like, yeah, it's a daily thing. And I think that's how change happens for all of us is that we might have a lightning bolt moment 
my last bad day, that SUV was my lightning bolt moment. But change that lasts, change that sticks, that gains traction, I think comes from setting daily intention, intentions and, and executing on those daily intentions day after day. Even though we might have a bad day, the next day is another day to start. Yeah, I certainly totally agree with you. Um, I'm thinking through just times in my life where I've, you know, you, you talked about that classic bargaining where you're like, okay, if I get through this, then I will do, I will do X. I'll start living a happier life or whatever it might be. And I think that there's probably times that, that we've all had those experiences and whether it's getting hit by a truck or just getting sick, whatever it might be, or having a family member go through a hard thing. It, 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 sometimes it is those lightning bolt moments that cause us to, to, to revisit our perspective. Um, but to your point, if, if we're not careful about it, well then I don't want to call it wasted, but if you go back to doing what you were doing before and you don't take advantage of that and, 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 and you don't shift your perspective and your intention, well, go ahead and say it. I, I I do think that you could waste it. Yeah, I think you can waste it. I think there's a, there's a big part of me that only saw that as a wasted opportunity in another part of my life. I have sort of changed my perspective ever so slightly that sometimes it takes multiple moments and the accumulation of those multiple moments to give us the aha that we may need. So... I know this, like back before my accident, I was grinding it out like any person today is. I was on my hamster wheel. And this was before, this is 2001, so this is before social media pulling our attention away from the things that are truly important. But I was just putting my head down. That's what I thought the script was. Like, hey, graduate college, get a gig, Michael, put your head down, work super hard, you'll work, you'll work your way up the corporate ladder. That's the definition of success. So I was doing that, but I was really not so great, George, at releasing my stress. And what I would do is I would pack it inside. I wouldn't burst out. I wasn't like an angry guy, never really have been, but I would pack it inside and pack it inside. And then eventually it came out through that SUV. Um, but I know that, call it the universe, mother nature, God, whomever, probably gave me some signs before my accident that said, hey, Here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity to wake up and live with a little awareness. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm too busy. I got things to do. I got to crank out some more emails. Right. I got my head down, right? <laughs> and I probably, to use a cycling metaphor, pedaled right past that yeah. moment. Or maybe I saw it and I was like, yeah, yeah, not today. I'm too busy today to do that. And I think that happens even more so today in, in 2020 and beyond that we're not pausing long, we're not living with enough awareness to see those opportunities so we can take advantage of them so they don't end up being a wasted chance at making making a pivot towards something better for us. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that we're all guilty of that, certainly. We, so. all, we all are. No, no one's perfect. I, you know, and... I went through what I went through and I coached this as well. And I've had my moments. I've had my moments through COVID too, where I'm like, oh my God, like it's just, when will it ever end? You know, yeah. and you and you don't necessarily have the optimism or the gratitude. You get a little bit more focused on yourself. 
we all have them. I think the thing is, is that should, you know, living life with enough awareness to know when we're there, if it's serving us or not, and then how to make a move to get out of that and onto something that ties back to our purpose or just gets that serotonin and oxytocin and dopamine firing up, however you want to say it, but back into action that really fulfills us. Yeah. So, so, so how do we do it? I, you know, I, I got to find something that, that, that works, right? Something that, that, that fits into my individual life, some kind of a practice. So how do you coach people up to, 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 to find that? Well, there's a couple different things. One, some, something I learned when I was in the hospital called grabbing a PBR, which does not stand for PAPS Blue Ribbon. <laughs> what was he talking about? Like, so for me, there, there is a power in our breath. And that's something that we all have that can fit with all of us because it's always there. And so PBR to me is pause, breathe and reflect. So when we get percolated, when it gets stressful, when we fall down and we wonder if we can get back up again, my recommendation is always like return to your breath. And I know some of your past guests have talked about this and through other circles, you know, people know about meditation and, and, and breath work is starting to become a little bit even more popular as far as a field of study. But for me, it was essential in my recovery that anytime I got sort of hung up on something, I just told myself, hey, Michael, grab a PBR, just a couple minutes of just slowing everything down. And that's the whole purpose of it is like, it's a moment of recovery. It's a moment of slowing things down. And when we slow things down, then we can get into the possibility of reframing the situation situation. So early on, I thought my accident happened to me. I was playing the victim and I had a victim narrative. Like, I can't believe this. The driver had a revoked license. He shouldn't have been driving. Why do bad things happen to good people like me? Hmm. And then I realized as time went on that it actually happened for me, that it was the spark I needed to make some changes in my life that I wanted to make. So just as COVID, I know a lot of people out there, and not everyone agrees with me on this, a lot of folks say, well, COVID is happening to us. And I like to think that COVID is happening for us. And that's part of the reframe. So when we have a situation at hand, how can we reframe it? How can we shift our perspective ever so slightly to maybe look at it differently? So first the breath, then the reframe. And then I like to go back to our catalog of experiences because we've all been through stuff that has, has been rough. And if we're here today, we've made, made it through. So I like to go back and say, okay, what are some past experiences that resemble this? Now, with a global pandemic, it's a little bit hard because we've never been through one of these in our lifetime. Right. But we've have, we have been through things that are tough. So we go back to that. And then we then I, I do this and I ask people around me, what can we steal from that moment and bring to this moment? And then we can start implementing some of that. And the last puzzle piece is I love celebrating our micro wins. Some could say gratitude, but those like micro wins for me, once I had my big aha and I found this whole practice of gratitude, which I knew nothing about back then, that I thought that was like a little too woo-woo, as with meditation and mindfulness. I thought that's what like people in California do, <laughs> crunchy granola types and not like, you know, 
metropolitan New York City folks, you know, charge, charge, charge. So, but I spent some time like really like looking at the minor or micro steps in my progress. I was measuring my progress in one degree of flexion, how I could bend my legs. And I knew if I could wake up every day, work hard, put it into work, because it's not all about dreaming something, you know, to conclusion, you got to put it into the sweat equity, you know, uh, success requires a little sweat. And I would measure it in like micro steps. And I knew if I could string a few of those days together, then I would start making progress week after week and month after month. And that's what we did. So I know we all love to like attach to the outcome, but I love taking like micro milestones and celebrating those as a way to build more momentum. And that starts to change our own personal narrative that where before we thought, wow, maybe I can do it, maybe not. There's some doubt. When we have some of these low hanging fruit wins, that narrative starts to change and we build our confidence to keep going. I think that that's excellent. Yeah. It's so important to, to a recognize your micro wins and then to be celebrating them and to really view them as, as, as milestones and something to really be celebrated. And you know, it's, it's, it's an achievement. And once you hit that new level, then, then you develop the confidence and you're strengthening those muscles and it's just moving you in the direction of whatever the life that you're interested in living is. So, Absolutely. And it's, and then once you get to your final outcome, you want to have a, you know, a huge celebration too. And then you build upon that and you start like the Super Bowl, right? So Mm -hmm. the Super Bowl, everyone wants to win the Super Bowl, but you can take, you can have focus on each individual play and have, you know, have some celebration and some, a sense of accomplishment when we do a good play, celebrate that micro win, if you will. And then you get to the end of the game, like all those little micro wins. If you, you know, perform up to your level, you execute properly. That hopefully leads to victory. You win the Super Bowl, and then when the Super Bowl comes, and that's a big, that's a big celebration. That's a, that's a major gratitude moment. But those little moments, those plays, they all strung together can lead to the type of victories that we all want. Love it. Well, Michael, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I'm going to go back to what we talked about, especially in this moment. I really encourage people to reconnect with their breath when we're stressed out. And we all have a level of stress that's been added, maybe two levels of stress that's been added since, let's call it March, when the coronavirus hit the U.S. It's so important to like slow it down and have some recovery. What we were talking before uh, about uh, before the show, George, is my photo of me in the hammock with my dog. <laughs> I think we're going, going, going faster than ever before. Take a moment to connect with your breath and just pause and give yourself permission to do nothing for a bit so you can recover, so you can release what you need to release, renew your energy, and then at that point, you can return it to the task at hand. Like that is great stuff that definitely gets come on. Come on. And for folks in New York City who are driving, trying to do it 24 hours a day, and that's happening all over the world, obviously, and our hustle culture and social media telling us to be busy and everything else, having permission or giving ourselves permission, rather, 
to just take some time and to recover, I think is, is so essential. So, well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and how can they engage with you? Well, George, thanks for having me on. Great to be with your community. The best way, my website, Michael O'Brien Shift, S-H-I-F-T dot com, one word. That's the best place to start from, from there. They can pick up on the socials. They can drop me a note. We can talk about whatever we want to talk about, maybe how to grab a great PBR. But again, thanks for having me on, George. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Michael your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to michaelobrienshift.com. And I know that I'm going to, as soon as we're done with our conversation, go to the website simply because I'm interested in seeing a picture of the Ford Explorer. So, Yes, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Thanks again, Michael. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.